reading today from John chapter 21, very familiar scripture, perhaps one you've read many times. preface my remarks today, okay? I asked the Lord today to let me preach not only with an anointing, but with a deep love for every person that sits upon the pews of this church today. I asked the Lord to let me come across to you today with a humble spirit because I'm probably going to cross a lot of people today. But I do not apologize. I'm just going to preach what God told me to preach. All week long, all week long, thank you. All week long, this has been the scripture that God has dealt with me about. Verse 15, John 21. So when they had nine... Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time. Everybody here say the third time. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Then Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whether thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hand. And another shall gird thee and carry thee whether thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Lord Jesus, bless the word. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost here today. We ask you to talk to every heart in this building today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Thank you for standing so long. You may be seated. God bless you today. I... Uh, I just want to preach my heart a little bit. I'll confess to you today I'm probably unprepared because I don't have one note, not one. I just got some scriptures written down. If you call that unprepared, I'm pretty unprepared today. But I have a full heart, and I have some things that I believe God would say unto us. Never been an hour like we're living in, never been a day. I, I, I marvel, I'm, 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 really, I'm really astonished at the things that are going on in our world today. And the Bible talked about all of that. In Matthew 24, Jesus gave a very vivid description of what would happen 
in the end of time, the last days. He, he told us, and it was without reservation. He spoke of many things that are happening right here this moment while I stand and speak to you on this Sunday morning. He, but, but one of the things that he said was in the 12th verse of Matthew 24. He said this, because iniquity shall abound. Iniquity is sin. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I'm going to preach today for the next little while on an important question. An important question. The word love is, is actually found in the King James Version of the Bible 310 times. So it's very often that you read about love in the scriptures. But here is a, a setting where Jesus had resurrected from the dead and now he had showed himself to his disciples. And when he got with them, the Bible a few verses later said they dined. They had a meal together. I like that. That's Pentecostal uh, work if I've ever seen it. We think if we get together for a funeral or a wedding or a church or a committee meeting or whatever, we got to eat. Thank God I'm Pentecostal. Amen. I like to eat. I know you can't tell it by looking, but I really do. But they ate together. The Bible said, but when they had dined, Jesus started talking to Simon Peter. Now, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ifs right here. There's a lot of things that could be said. Why did he ask Simon the things that he asked him? Not one time, not two times, but three times. I'll tell you why. Because if you go back and look in Matthew 26, you will find where Simon Peter said, Lord, everybody else, may they may, they may have... Uh, go their way, and I'm paraphrasing now, they, they, may, they may not stand with you, but you can count on me. I'm going to stand with you. And it was there that the Lord said unto Simon, he said, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. You're, you're not going to be the man that you say you are. And, and you know, and I know that and, and we talked about last week the resurrection and the crucifixion. But let me just tell you what happened on that night that Jesus Christ was led from Gethsemane to Golgotha's hill. That day Peter denied him. Not one time, not two times, but three times. Three times Peter said, I don't know who he is. I'm not associated with him. I don't even know who you're talking about. I mean, they would point him out around the campfire, and he said, no, that's not me. You got the wrong guy here. He lied. He denied. He rejected the Lord. Perhaps, perhaps this is why Jesus looked at Simon not one time, not two times, but three times, and said, lovest thou me? Do you really love me, Simon? Do you really, really love me? And of course, the first time he said, lovest thou me more than these. More than what? More than the boat, more than the nets, more than your compadres that fish with you, more than your family, more than your friends, more than your pastime, more than your hobbies. Lovest thou, I don't know what he was talking about, but Simon knew because he said, lovest thou me. Perhaps he was talking about the guys that were around him. 
the 12. Maybe he was talking about his closest friend. I don't know what he was talking about, but I do know that the Bible said, do you love me more than these? But Simon understood, and Simon said, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And the Lord said, feed my lambs. And then again, the second time, lovest thou me? And he said to him, yea, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. And the third time, and the Bible said on this time, that Simon really was grieved. He was aggravated. He was wondering why. But when his mind perhaps went back to the night that he rejected the Lord and denied him three times, now he knows why that he was being asked the question. Could I tell you on this Sunday morning, it's an important question. It's a question that Jesus really wants to know. It's a question that he's not only asking Simon. He asked me that this week. He talked to this old boy this week. And he said, do you really love me? Do you love me more than these? What? More than all the things that you have. More than the physical things. More than the material things. More than anything else in the world. And, and I had to recheck my mind and recheck my heart. I, I, I found myself... I found myself before the Lord very, very early this morning weeping before him and telling him, Lord, I really do love you. And whatever it is that I'm not doing to show you how much I love you, I want to correct that. And not only do I want to correct that, I want this church to correct that because I'm going to tell you falling in love with Jesus is the best thing you can ever do. It's very easy nowadays to put God on the back burner. Is it okay if I just preach a little bit? You may not ever come back, but I'm going to preach to you while you're here. I think I'll just bar all the doors so you can't get out. Could I just tell you today that it's very easy to leave God out of your plans? It's very easy to get up in the morning and get your morning coffee and get about your day and hurry and scurry all day long. Take care of all the bills. Take care of the job. Take care of the kids. Take care of the family. Take until you fall into your recliner or your bed. And you go to sleep that night. And nowhere in your day have you recognized that he is the Lord of your life. I've come on a Sunday morning to stir our minds and stir our hearts. Because I've come to ask you an individual question. Do you really love Jesus Christ? And before you answer, you might want to wait till I finish. You see, there was a church in the book of Ephesus, I'm mean, in the book of Revelation called the Church of Ephesus that Jesus said to them this. He said, I know your works and I know your labor. And I know your patience and how thou canst bear them that are evil. And I know that thou hast been tried with them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. I understand all that about you. And you've borne and hast patience. And for my name's sake, you've labored and you've not fainted. But he said, nevertheless, Ephesus, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left 
by first love. He went back. He said, it doesn't matter that you're ushering well. It doesn't matter that you're parking cars in the parking lot. It doesn't matter that you cleaned the church or mowed the yard. It doesn't matter that you served on a serve team somewhere. What matters is, is you have left your first love. You've lost that which was so dear to you. You've lost that which used to take preeminence in your life. And your priorities have changed, Ephesus, because you have left your first love. Here's what he said. Remember, therefore, from which thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. Or he said, I'm going to come and, and to thee very quickly, and I'm going to remove thy candlestick out of its, out of its place, except thou repent. What do you want me to do, Jesus? He, I want you to put all that other stuff aside. That is merely stuff. And I want you to fall in love with me all over again. Some of you are like the guy that married for so very long. And his wife looked at him and said, you don't ever tell me you love me anymore. He said, I told you 50 years ago, and if anything changes, I'll let you know. That's the way we are about God sometimes. I know it's going to be uncomfortable here, but you've got to hear me out today. You can't tell him one time. You've got to tell him every day. You can't push him on the back burner. He's got to become the predominant force in your life. He's got to become the God of your life. You want to talk about God? You want to talk about God's? You want to know what the very first commandment is? Does anybody know the very first commandment? The very first one, not the third or the second or the fourth or the sixth, but the very first commandment, thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Here's what Exodus 34 said in verse 14. For thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. He is jealous over his people. He wants your attention. He is looking for somebody that will fall in love with him and stay in love with him and renew their love for him because that's the only thing that's going to get us out of here anybody with me today you can't worship another God you say well pastor why? We, we would never do that really what is another God oh there used to be and still are in some places gods of stone gods of wood gods of marble there's all kind of gods gods that people worship there's, there's some people that worship the Nile River as their God. There's people that worship certain things as their God. So, so a God is not necessarily a God of stone or a God of wood or a God of, of some kind of precious jewel. But let me tell you what your God can be. Could I give you my definition today? It's not in your dictionary, perhaps. I don't know if it is or not, but here's my definition. Your God can be anything that comes between you and him. Let me say that again. 
you can fall into idolatry in worshiping anything above the one true and living God. When anything else becomes the pre predominant place in your life, it becomes your God. Your hobby can become your God. Your job can become your God. Your family can become your God. Everything in this life, you have to keep it in proper perspective or it will become your God. Let me tell you about him. If he can't be God of all, he won't be God at all. He said, I'm not going to take second place. There is no other God before me. You're not talking to me, preacher. Okay, where were you Wednesday night? Now y'all told me to preach. I'm about to. Oh, you're not talking to me, pastor. Really? Where were you in first Monday prayer? See, I told y'all I was going to rub somebody the wrong way. You're not talking about me, Pastor. I love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Oh, really? Really? Hmm. How faithful are you to him? Y'all don't really want me to say all I need to say, but I'm going to say it. Because, you see, here's the deal. We come from a world. Watch me now, okay? Some of you will relate. Back in my day, we didn't get to do nothing. When I say nothing, everything was sin but fresh air and childbirth. I'm telling you right now, it was tough back in my day. I never played on a little league team, and I loved it. I never played football, and I could outrun everybody on the football team. Matter of fact, in in, in gym class, the coach cornered me one day. They handed me a ball. We was playing flag football. And I was in blue jeans, and they was all in shorts. No, I wasn't. I was in pink jeans. They tried to dye them red because we, we, we couldn't wear no shorts. So, true story. And I took off, and nobody could catch me. And the coach come grab me up, and he said, Hey, son, you ever thought about playing football? I said, yeah, coach, my daddy ain't going to let me. I can't play football. He said, how cruel was that? Well, I don't know. Look where I'm at. Because nowadays, everything comes before God in the church. They didn't used to. To all our guests, Russell, I'm sorry. I'll do better next time y'all come. But to, it, let me tell you, and I know how your pastor preaches. I'm, I'm an Anthony Madigan fan. But let me just tell you this. In, my, in our day, they didn't, they didn't put all these games and junk and school activities and all this on a Wednesday night. They respected the church, and they didn't have Sunday games. Now you got games every night. You got something going on every time you look up, and mom and dad feel under pressure to let their kids go. I say it's time we put the pressure on them. I'm not popular today, but I'm not preaching to be popular. I'll be 70 years old next month, and I'm to the place that I really don't care. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm old enough to preach what I want to preach, and I'm preaching truth here today. Amen. 
I'm talking about where God lands in your life. Because you see, we and it's a, I'm look, I, I don't have a problem with your kid playing ball. I don't have a problem with you getting involved in school activities. But I'll tell you what you ought to do before it ever starts. You ought to say, now, coach, I won't be there on such and such day. And I can't be involved if it's going to happen on such and such day. Because that's my church time. And I serve God. Hallelujah. And my kid's going to serve God. But here's the problem. Mom and dad want their kids to be in the bright lights and be the most popular. I'm not the most popular, but I'm saved. I never won an NFL game, but I'm saved. I never played for LSU, but I'm saved. And I'm here to tell you right now, there's some things more important than putting another God in your life. Oh, oh, y'all please don't leave. I'm just preaching what God told me to preach this week. He's been gnawing in my soul all week long and said, you know what the problem is? It's not all the activities, nothing wrong with it. But the problem is, is everything in the book goes before God and we say we love him but we really don't love him like we say we do. We are like the Old Testament that where Jesus or or God spoke of those Israelites and he said about them, he said they are near me with their mouth, but they are far from me with their heart. I told the church Wednesday night, I said I, I need to say some things. I hate to say it on Sunday morning because we got visitors. But when you don't show up on Wednesday nights, you just leave me no choice. And if I'm preaching to you, guess what? Good. I love you. And I'm not being a smart aleck. But without preaching, we're not going to be saved. Somebody needs to stir us up. Somebody needs to lead us back to the cross. Somebody needs to put God in the very prominent place that he deserves to be in our life. You see, I'm not against anything I just said. You know me. Matter of fact, they call me a liberal and I could care less about that either. But here's the facts. The facts are I love God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind, and all my strength because that's the second commandment. The first is that you love him and that you serve him and no other God. The second is that you love him with everything that's in you. You gotta fall in love with him. You gotta to give him your best shot when you will stand before the Lord. I'm going to tell you, I pray God God comes on a Sunday morning. I pray he comes during a red hot service. I pray he comes while people are falling in the altar and weeping before God because some folks forget God when they leave the church on Sunday morning and they want to pick him back up the next Sunday. I'm preaching to somebody today because you need to fall in love with Jesus again. You don't come back, I'll know it was you. I'm not preaching today to be a smart aleck. I'm preaching because I feel so deep. I've seen so many things change. I've seen so many people wander away. Jesus was talking in the Sermon on the Mount, and he talked about the lilies of the field being clothed and the sparrows of the air being fed, the fowl of the air. And then he said, seek ye first. Somebody shout that with me. Seek ye first. He said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. Peter, do you love me more than these? More than what? More than anything. 
more than everything, more than all the stuff you've got in your life, more than, you see, you got to fall in love with the Lord. You say, preacher, that's old-fashioned. We don't believe that way anymore. We have to have time to do this and do that and do that. Let me tell you, you better get it right. You better get it right because you're not getting but one shot at this when your kids are grown and they're 20 and 25 and you're saying, Pastor, please pray for my kids that they'll come back to church and they're strung out on drugs and they're out somewhere doing what they want to do. It's because you didn't put God first in your life and you didn't say this is what's most important in your life. I'm just telling you right now, we better do what we know to do. Now, if they do it anyway, it won't be your fault. Here's, here's, here's what I want to tell you. Erling, don't get mad at me. She gets mad at me because I preach about her all the time. But I'm going to preach a little more. See this girl right here? She's the love of my life. Bless her, she deserves a trophy. We celebrated 51 years last, last week. <laughs> But I got to tell you, when she's seven years old, I'd run up and kiss her in the ear and run at church. When we was 12 years old, somebody took us out on what was supposed to be a date. Billy Hale, believe that or not, in a GTO. And, and, and she dated a few more people. I dated a few more people. She dated them until I whipped them. She'd be driving around Kokomo. See, this is for y'all's time. You could go through Kokomo and then get on the Louisville and go down and go through Hoppers. Make that circle and go back down Louisville and go through Kokomo. Y'all don't even know where Kokomo or Hoppers was. That was it. You do, brother. Yeah, I see you have. Yeah. And if I caught her at Kokomo or Hoppers with somebody else, I will just say it. There was hell to pay. But I love her. And you know what? I'd do anything I could to talk to her. My mom and dad, they got to missing me. They'd, they'd know that lived a little old boy living on the south side of Monroe. I'd scurry right up South 2nd Street, cut across South Grand, right across the old bridge over to 5th Street and West Monroe, right down to where she lived. Oh, I could get there quick. You give me about 15 minutes on a bicycle, I could be there. And I'd see her. Turn around and go home. If I couldn't see her, I was calling her. And we had pay phones back then. Most of y'all, some of y'all don't even know what a pay phone is. You drop a nickel in. It just took a nickel. But I found out those, those, those things that you knock out of electrical boxes look like nickels and they work. So I'd go to all the construction sites and pick up all the, see, I'm, I'm confessing before the Lord. And then somebody told me about something else. You, have you ever seen a payphone that all of a sudden they started putting metal on the wire? Y'all remember that? I'm the cause for that. Not really. But somebody told me you could stick a straight pin through that phone cord and rub it on that metal. You get a dial tone. I wore Southside Drugs payphone out. I mean, it was just, it was 100 yards from my house, if that far, not even that far. And I'd go to that little phone booth. I'd take a pen, stick it through there. 
fairly. See, that's kind of crazy stuff you do when you're in love. Oh, don't look at me. Some of y'all know. You act like you ain't never had a fight over a girlfriend. Let me tell you, when you fall in love with Jesus Christ, you'll go to whatever extreme to be in his presence. You'll do everything you can to love him and to talk to him. People that don't ever talk to him don't love him. Let me say that again. People that don't ever talk to him, you can't love him and not, and, and not talk to him. When you, when you fall in love with Jesus, that's why when you're riding down the road and you just start talking to him and his presence fills the car and the tears start streaming down your face and you're just saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you for picking me up. Thank you for saving me, Lord, when I wasn't worth saving. Thank you for what you've done in my life. You say, preacher, you're getting radical today. I'm going to tell you we better get radical because the world's getting radical. The world has gone crazy and somebody's got to stand up with a banner and say, I I love him. I love him more than everything and anything. I love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm going to walk with him every day, and I'm going to give him my time, and I'm going to give him everything I have. Come on, somebody. Help me, help me, help me this morning. Worship him. I'm talking about the important question. Do you love me, Jesus said. Don't tell me right here. Show me. Show me by your, your commitment. Show me by your faithfulness. Show me by your real love. Show you see, love is a verb. You 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 gotta see it working. You gotta say, go read First Corinthians if I had time. I'd read the whole chapter today of First Corinthians because it tells you what love is. It tells you what it really will do. And Jesus was saying to Simon, Simon, three times you denied me, but I want to hear it from you. I want to hear it from you three times. Simon, do you love me? Do you really love me? And Simon said, yea, Lord, you know all things. And guess what? 34 years later, or thereabouts, 34 years later, approximately, Simon Peter died on a cross upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to die. Like Jesus died. He fell in love with Jesus Christ. You can't love him because of the loaves and the fishes. You can't love him just because of the blessings. You can't love him just because mama loved him or daddy loved him. You got to love him because he's your God. Because he's done more for you than anything else. That's why falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done. To the angel of Ephesus, he said, tell them they've lost. They've lost. They've left their first love. You know how to get back, Ephesus. He said, repent from where you've fallen. Repent. Remember where you, you've been and go back there. Get there again, whatever it takes. When you fall in love with him, you'll give, you'll pray, you'll be in his presence. You'll love him more than you love the world. Matter of fact, one writer said, love not the world, 
neither the things that are in the world. For if the love of the world is in you, the love of the Father is not there. You can't love God and the world. I'm not talking about the terra firma called earth. I'm talking about the activities of our society. I'm talking about what's happening all around us. I'm talking about when, oh, you want me to be relevant? I'll be relevant today. I'll be relevant. Thank God today in this church that Bud Light has lost $6 billion. Thank God for somebody that will stand up for what's right. Thank God for that. It made me have a little more faith in America this week. When I heard that, I just almost jumped out of my recliner and started shouting because that's a good thing. I'm not against a company, but I'm against that, that, that lifestyle. I'm, I'm not for that. I don't, I don't believe the Bible's for that. Matter of fact, I know it's not. So there are some good moral people left in the world. But let me tell you who the light of the world is. It's people who have been born of the water of the Spirit. It's people that sit right here in this room today. All over this world, they're like you, who've got full of the Holy Ghost, and they're not afraid to say, I'm not, I'm not bowing to that. You've got to be a Hebrew child in the 21st century. You've got to say, I'm not bending. I'm not bowing. I don't care how hot the fire is. I don't care if you put me in a lion's den. I don't care what you say. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to stand up for God. I'm going to love him with everything that's in me. Have we got any Christians like that in 2023? Is there anybody that will say, I'm going to fall in love with Jesus? Jesus, and I'm going to show this world who we really are. Here's a scripture, and I'm closing with this. I really didn't know whether to read this or not, but my dad gave me this scripture many, many years ago. He quoted this scripture to me. It's never left me. The Bible said in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, and I, I'm just going to tie this in here right now. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 8. He said, he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. Watch this. Whoso breaketh and hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Whoso breaketh a hedge. A hedge is a place of protection. A hedge is a wall of protection. And the wise man said, if you tear that wall down, a serpent's coming after you. Do you know who the serpent is? Do you know what the serpent is? Do you know the devil is walking to and fro as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour every day, not one day, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday. He's walking every day. He wants to pull you away from the kingdom of God. He wants to pull you back into the world. I'm preaching to you this morning. I'm preaching truth to you this morning. You better not break the hedge. You better keep God in charge in your life. You better stand and let him be the center and the circumference of all that you do and all that you're a part of. Do you know this church will be full today if everybody that says they love Jesus would really love Jesus? Do you know what would happen if we'd fall in love with him one more time? Does anybody here love the Lord today? 
Stand all over the house with me this morning. Oh, Jesus. Now, please, I don't say things against your kids or against you. And I don't have one soul in mind when I say the things that I say. But listen to me. If a preacher don't stand up, proclaim it in the day and hour which we're living, you're never going to hear it, and you're going to wind up lost because the devil will get his tentacles in you and pull you away, and he'll do everything he can to occupy your time. Occupy your time. Are you listening? He will occupy your time. Everybody needs a vacation? Amen. Everybody ought to have time off? Amen. If you want to go to the beach, go there. I'm not a sand guy. If you want to go to the mountains, that's my kind of living. I'm a cold weather man. I don't care where you go, go do your thing. Go have a good time. But don't sit home and ignore what's happening in the church when you're at home and then show up on Sunday and act like you're all in love with Jesus. Might want to pack up early. We may need to leave out the side door. The real truth of the matter is I'm preaching what G.E. Chance preached here as long as he was one of the pastors of this church for 58 years. And I've been here 34 years, June the 1st, and I don't back up on what I'm preaching today because this is what's going to save us. If we don't get our act together, the devil's going to steal our joy and steal our victory and steal our thunder, and he'll cause us to be lost doing everything but. You know, I, I told Brother Chase this week, I told him this. I said, you know what? We can even get so caught up in church. We can get so caught up in the work of God and, 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 and so busy thinking our job is so important that we're not in love with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, to be in love with him, work for him, do all you can. Be a part of the kingdom of God. Find a group. Get involved. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. But here's what I am going to tell you. While you're doing all that, you better pray and you better communicate with God and you better have a consecration and you better have a dedication and you better know what's going on in the kingdom of God because that's what's more important than anything else I know. Don't let your job take precedent over God. Don't let your hobby take precedent over God. Don't let your friends, well, you know, my uncle's coming to town. Your uncle knows you goes to church Sunday. I'm covering all the bases today, aren't I? Well, we got out-of-town company. Have you not told them that you're a Pentecostal? That we go to church on Sunday. <laughs> Woo! Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done. And falling in love with Jesus is the best thing you've ever done. And whatever you do today, you walk out of this building and you don't you don't say that was for somebody else. You say, Lord, what are you trying to say to me today? 
I want to love you. I want to fall in love with him. I want to love him with all my heart. I want to, if we put as much effort into church and as much effort into the things of God as we do in some other things, I'm going to tell you, you'd have to, you wouldn't have room to put people in here because people would come from every corner of this city to worship God. You know why? When a church loves God, they love one another. And when they love one another, the Bible said that's going to be a sign that people are in love with God when they love one another. And that's how the world's going to know what you really are. I don't know what you think about me today, but here's my deal. I wish somebody would walk out right now and come down the front and say, Jesus, I want to fall in love with you again. I want to give it my best shot. I want to fall in love with you right now. All over this room. Come on, come on, come on. Move as close as you can get because we got to fall in love with him today. Nothing supersedes our love for God.